Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Sentner Geology Podcast, Episode 101, Friday Harbor Geology. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays, everybody. It's late December, Friday morning, December 23rd, 2022, to be precise. And it's been more than two months since I've done an audio podcast here in uh, the uh, litter box <laughs> studios down here in the basement of our fine home. Uh, two of the three boys are home. Uh, the You might be able to hear the washing machine <laughs> behind a closed door here. Uh, everybody's doing laundry and kind of get settled. We've had an ice storm on the west side. All sorts of drama here, uh, but in a good way. Uh, we're getting people home, and uh, like many of you, it's a chance to relax and reconnect with family and friends. So hope everything is going well in your world, wherever you are, here in North America or elsewhere. I mean, there's a lot that's been going on in the last two months, so there's a reason that I have not been checking in here with these audio episodes. And to be honest, uh, when I get my mind kind of locked into a couple of major projects, I just kind of forget about doing this. Uh, it's not high on the priority list. And so um, when I do kind of have some downtime and uh, taking a break from thinking about a very specific set of ideas, uh, that's when I kind of head this way and start thinking about recording a few of these audio episodes. I do enjoy it, and I'm grateful to you for listening to some of these. Uh, another reason that I'm reminding you of this audio podcast is that I continue to get these emails from all these um, podcast business type people. <laughs> and they're all form letters, you know. Uh, dear Nick Zetner, I, uh, I've noticed that you've uh, uh, had the highest rated whatever, uh, and here are the stats on the number of listeners, and uh, let's coordinate and c collaborate and, and make some money together, basically. So, of course, I don't reply. Um, but... Uh, that's just another metric, I guess, that these audio episodes are getting out there. And um, so it, that's nice to hear, uh, whether it's specifically from some of you or you know, indirectly through these folks who need more cash to buy a, a third house. So um, what should I do here? Let's see. Um, a couple of quick preambles and then we will settle into this episode talking about San Juan Island geology with a first-hand account with Daryl Cowan. And I'll probably lump that in with another uh, experience I had with Gary Paul. Uh, and this is also back in mid-October. So before I get to that, why have I been absent? Uh, I've been busy with live streaming on the YouTube channel. Unclear if uh, some of you are aware of that. And if you are not and are interested in spending some time in the next few weeks kind of getting caught up, um, there's a series of live streams with an alphabet series, that's right, called Baja BC A to Z. Uh, and I'm halfway through the alphabet. I've really been enjoying it, and that's really been most of my attention in addition to my teaching duties at Central Washington University. So I'm up through session L, 
did that a couple of days ago, and I'm taking a two-week break, and that's why, partly why I'm here. There's, a, there's been a live geology guest for each of those episodes. We've explored detrital zircons up in the Nanaimo Basin. We've had a couple of uh, cantankerous gentlemen who I have long history with uh, who were not very enthusiastic about a lot of northward translation of crust along the western margin. I think I'll save more discussion about what I've been learning with the Baja BC A to Z series for a future radio episode, probably coming sometime in the next week or so. Um, because once I get rolling with these radio episodes, I'll probably just keep keep at it. Uh, another preamble is that I had a very memorable group. I know that uh, earlier this fall, I checked in with you and let you know that I was back to normal in the classroom. There were 75 students in my Geology 101 class. And up until the last couple of weeks, no, put it differently, until the very end of the quarter, uh, they showed no signs of uh, wearing down. The enthusiasm was palpable. The participation in class and just the good vibes all around were at a record high level. So I will always remember that group. Uh, and I told them that a, a number of times, that it was just a... Uh, a return to former glory days, really, in the classroom. Uh, and the fact that we can still do that in 2022 and have that kind of old school, um, really exciting vibe in the classroom every day. And the attendance was excellent. Um, it was just a wonderful experience. So that class is done. I'm done with the fall quarter. Gave the final exams, I guess, uh, second week in December. And yeah, after Thanksgiving, some of them burned out and they kind of limped into the finish line. But despite that, uh, I don't know, do you remember your college days? You're done with a final exam and you walk out of the classroom and occasionally you feel motivated to, you know, go up and shake hands with the professor and tell her how influential she was or whatever. I really enjoyed this class or some sort of parting words. You know, I've been here 30 years, and I've been teaching 101 almost every quarter. And, you know, out of a group of 70, maybe two or three feel like they really want to do that, or even just a little head nod or whatever as they're leaving the room for the last time. But again, this class was different. Uh, I'd say 20, maybe 30 of the 75 students. Boy, heartfelt handshakes and, you know eye contact and this was very meaningful to me I don't know it was it was it was unusual coming out of COVID as part of it uh, maybe I had a little extra to offer them I don't know but it was it was a, a good thing and I hope that you've had an experience like that or two as a college student or if you teach geology or teach a university class maybe you can relate to some of that so when it works it really works and when it doesn't it doesn't but that was a good group. Okay, turning uh, our lonely eyes to uh, the topic today and having to go back into the deep recesses of my mind to remember being with Daryl Cowan, University of Washington geology professor who's in his late 70s, uh, and a very special trip to the San Juan Islands. So let me give you a little kind of uh, what just comes to the top of my head as far as just the mechanics of that trip and then uh, 
also the geology that I was able to learn. And yes, there's a long video uh, that was posted in late October uh, from that time that I had with Daryl, and you might enjoy that. I forget what I called it, but something with Daryl Cowan posted in late <laughs> in late. Um, I'm pausing now. Late October. I guess I called it Lime Kiln Point. Perhaps I called it the geology video is called Lime Kiln Point with Daryl Cowan. So we tried to do this. Uh, so Daryl, so if you if you're, have a good memory and you've been following the videos, uh, Liz and I spent two nights and three days with Daryl Cowan and Gary Paul up near Mount Baker Volcano. And that was a very unique three days. Uh, made possible by backcountry Gary Paul, who has a cabin near Mount Baker and knows all those trails and built most of the trails and knows every peak by heart. And so the four of us uh, really kind of uh, learned a lot from each other. And I mention that here because as we were leaving that trip in, that must have been late July or early August or something, um, Daryl said, hey, I really want to get you out to uh, San Juan Island. Let's do another one of these videos. It's fun, and, and I, can, I can show you some stuff you haven't seen before. And so we tried to squeeze it in. Daryl and I tried to squeeze it into uh, Labor Day weekend, but the ferries were all booked up. And these days, uh, it's not wise to just roll up to a ferry terminal like at the old days. Now you need reservations and everything else to make sure you have a space on the ferry. So Labor Day weekend was not smart. So we punted until, I hate that phrase, by the way, but we, we put it off until, or we rescheduled until uh, the third week in October. And that's still when the wildfires were going pretty strong, even in western Washington. And there was thick smoke along the I-5 corridor. Uh, but out at San Juan Islands, even though there was uh, kind of smoke off to the distance, uh, the visibility was not bad. So I got up, whatever it was, a certain weekday morning, uh, drove over to Anacortes, Washington, at the ferry terminal, and there was Daryl Cowan waiting to jump in my little white car, and we had a little coffee as we're waiting for the ferry to arrive and started chit-chatting off camera. And then we got on the ferry at Anacortes and worked our way out to a little town called Friday Harbor, which is on one of the San Juan Islands. In fact, it's called San Juan Island. And if you've been to the San Juan Islands in northwestern Washington, you, you are certainly familiar with Friday Harbor. Um, and... I had the idea that it would be fun to film Daryl on the ferry as we were heading out. I thought that would be a nice way to look at some maps, uh, kind of have some conversations about his intimate geology background with the University of Washington, running some field courses, his collaborations with Joe Vance and other geology professors. And yes, we're talking about exotic terrains going back to Permian days, more than 300 million years old. So these are very rare rocks in the state of Washington, unusual rocks, oceanic rocks, potentially very far-traveled rocks. Okay, well, that's all fine. But I had my 
idea of filming on the ferry with Daryl Cowan, and so he brought a bunch of old, beautiful old antique maps and everything. Like it was, we were all set to go, but they had the upper deck roped off for some reason on the ferry. I don't know why. I don't remember why. Maybe it was the smoke, air quality. I don't know, but. So instead of filming in natural light, and yeah, maybe there would have been a breeze up there or something, um, I just I just thought that was going to be so wonderful. Well, we went to plan B, which was filming on the main floor of the ferry inside, and I filmed a bunch, got some really good stuff with Daryl, got him mic'd up, had my little ga- gadget. Oh, my God, it's been a while since I've been filming in the field. What do I call it? Um Gizmo, right. Had my little gizmo, had my little iPhone. Um, got a lot, a bunch of good stuff with Daryl. He's got the map spread out on the table. He's got people walking by with their little popcorn, and they're all sitting down, and he's showing uh, just, you know, general folks on the ferry about what's going on with the geology. I couldn't use any of that because two reasons. You could hear the engines of the ferry as this kind of... <laughs> as a drone behind the whole thing. I guess I could have removed that with audio, the magic or something in Final Cut Pro. But the other reason is, I don't know the details of it, but the the Bluetooth or the whatever with, with my iPhone and um, the wireless mics and gizmo and some sort of, you know, communication system with the ferry. There was all sorts of, interference. So it was all wonky. Anyway, that was a huge disappointment when I finally saw the footage because I wasted a lot of Daryl's time getting good stuff on cameras. Anyway, it turned out to be a long video anyway that I posted on YouTube uh, once we finally got to the outcrops uh, near Friday Harbor. But um, I guess one of my strongest memories of that trip was not getting really good content with Daryl because of the uh, filming problems uh, inside the ferry. Plus, those that have never been to Washington State or especially uh, Puget Sound are unfamiliar with the just experience of getting around by ferry, and it is unique. Uh, we've done it a fair amount now, living here for 30 years, but still, every time I do it, I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is this is pretty cool. If I was a tourist, I think I would just ride these ferries and just see this whole experience and how they load and unload the ferries with cars and bikes and walkers and everything else. So, anyway, kind of a missed opportunity, but I captured most of what I wanted to capture anyway with Daryl Cowan, the the expert, uh, once we got to Lime Kiln State Park. So, we get off the ferry at Friday Harbor. It's a short drive, and, you know, usually I'm all prepared with Google Maps and everything, and I'm totally in charge. But, Daryl knows that island like the back of his hand, and so he's like, yeah, take a right up here. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll go by this this uh, apple orchard, and then we'll take a left. And So anyway, that was great. We got to the state park, parking lot, middle of the day. Now, if you're on a ferry schedule, you know, you got to keep your eye on the clock. So I think we disembarked, I guess, off of the ferry at something like 1230 in the afternoon. Remember, I had left Ellensburg at like 530 that morning. Um, got off the ferry at 12.30, and we needed to be back to get on the ferry returning to the mainland, quote-unquote, by like 3.30. So I'm like, do we have enough time? We've got three hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, plenty of time. 
So, you know, by that point, we're all warmed up. He's got his mic on. We take a few of the maps. We leave the rest in the car. There's a few other folks at the state park, but it's pretty low-key. Darrow was like, wow, this is, you know, I've never been to this state park with such few cars in the parking lot. Again, part of it was air quality, but part of it was just, you know, late October. You know, it's, it's a great time to be out. Most of the crowds are gone. So I filmed most of... Uh, what I was doing with Daryl, including like just setting the maps down on the picnic table and then doing a little bit with the overview. And we're looking across the strait uh, to uh, the Olympic Peninsula and the Port Angeles area. And it was unique that even though we couldn't see as clearly as normal, Daryl's pointing out that way and he goes, well, over there, so that there's Celestia, that's, you know, 50 million year old flood basalt, or uh, flood basalts uh, of Celestia that were accreted about 50 million years ago. And then we turn to the right, we swing our eyes over the water to the right. Now we're looking northwest, or maybe even straight west, I kind of forget. And uh, there's there's uh, Vancouver Island, and there's the Karmutsen basalts, and that's the Rangelia flood basalts. So it was just stunning to have these two major accretionary events within one view as you're sitting. And, and most people st stand there and don't look at that, of course, and think about flood basalts or accretion. They're standing there to enjoy the sunset or to look for whales or, you know, whatever right there at this place called Lime Kiln State Point. My first... My first uh, time being at Lime Kiln State Park. Really enjoyed it. There's a famous lighthouse there. So we took a little walk, and Daryl was helping me see. Now, this is an unusual thing from my point of view. I'm looking at rocks for the first time, thinking about them really for the first time, and really only half listening because I'm also filming <laughs> as I'm seeing this stuff for the first time and thinking about it for the first time. So there's... There's a lot going on in this brain that's not particularly uh, bright sometimes. Uh, I'm a dim bulb on occasion, more than on occasion, I suppose. Uh, and so Daryl was comfortable enough with me to just kind of roll with it. So I'm like, hey, you know, what? oh, what, what's, what's down there? So then he'll scramble down. And I almost wiped out once. So I was half nervous about him wiping out as well. But he's been there a few times. Okay, get to the geology. Uh, Permian. So we're back, you know, more than 200 million years ago easily. And we're looking at these bizarre blocks of limestone. Now, there's not much limestone in Washington. It's not like Ohio or Wisconsin or back there in the Craton where you have these layers of limestone that just stretch for state after state after state. That was the dominant bedrock when I had my first teaching job at Oxford, uh, in Oxford, Ohio, at Miami of Ohio, Miami University, just limestone for days and nothing else. Well, we just don't have that in Washington because of our complicated exotic terrain stories. But the, is this beautiful looking limestone? Okay, fine. It's really old. Okay, fine. It's really old. It's Paleozoic limestone back in the Midwest, too. What's the big whoop? Well, the big whoop is that there were these brilliantly white blocks of Permian limestone that are not in a layer, but they're these 
irregularly shaped blocks like embedded in basalt and other kinds of dark looking rock mostly basalt and many of the basalts were pillow basalts indicating that that was basaltic lava that formed underwater so the the main point the main lesson the main geology lesson as you stand near the lighthouse at Lime Kiln Point on San Juan Island near Friday Harbor if you've ever been there the main lesson is you're standing on an oceanic island and those limestones are representing coral reefs and other carbonate deposits in warm shallow marine seawater fringing this ocean island like Hawaii if you if you want to think of it that way but it's not like Hawaii and that tectonically it's not doesn't appear to be a hotspot story it appears to be some sort of chain of islands uh, represented by a former subduction zone although now that I say that out loud I'm not really sure we know that do we really know that isn't it enough just to say it's an island out in the Pacific somewhere and the pillow basalts are are tumbling down this former slope of this island where these blocks of pillows are tumbling down this steep slope as they extrude lava and I guess the interpretation of that tumbling is that you have this chaotic mixture of these pillow basalts and these blocks of limestone they're not well bedded they're not well behaved and the location is the thing that just takes your breath away because if you know Washington geology, it doesn't make any sense to have that stuff there. I mean, there are no continuation of these Permian limestone layers across the state of Washington or a continuation of those uh, pillow basalts from the Paleozoic either. So Darrell's point was, you know, it takes effort to get out there. But he says, you need to see one of the most classic locations of exotic terrain material that you cannot argue is part of North America for, for many of the reasons I just discussed. And he was looking uh, for especially for these little Yabina fossils. I think those were the fossils. These little marine fossils that indicated that they were far traveled across the Pacific Ocean. We never found them. And the more we were looking, the more I was having him trying to describe these tiny microscopic fossils in the limestone, uh, the more I realized they were so tiny that it was like not going to be worth it for us as we were filming. Anyway, so I lost interest, really. I think he eventually kind of realized I wasn't into it. Plus, I was worried about getting back to the ferry on time as a uh, corn-fed Midwesterner. Always feeling a little out of my element when I'm in a marine setting. So that was a memorable day. It was just a day trip. I just meet Daryl at uh, Anacortes, jumps in the car with me, ferry out to the San Juan Island, film for a couple of hours, film on the way back, same idea, can't use the footage, and then we say goodbye to each other as we get back to the mainland. With the remaining 10 minutes I have with this episode, can I tack on, please, what I did that night and the following day? So then we transition to the other guy that I mentioned early in this episode, 
So I say goodbye to Daryl, thank him profusely, as usual, and then I drive straight from Anacortes to the little town of Darrington, Washington. Now, this is a part of Washington that I'd never been. Uh, as I was driving over there, and it's getting dark now. You know, we're late October, so we're, we're, we're the sun's setting by 6 or something like that. And it was raining, I think. Was it raining? Yeah, I guess it was. And there was thick smoke. Thick, thick. The, the worst air quality in the whole state at that time, third week in October, was right at Gary Paul's house between the little town of Oso and Darrington. So he's got this beautiful home deep in the woods, you know, uh, got just tricky Google Maps directions and Gary texting me to don't miss, you know, don't miss that mailbox, the third one on the left after you pass this intersection, you know, so it's the whole setting was just kind of spooky. And, and I was, you know, pretty exhausted from the full day with Daryl being a 60 year old gentleman, you know, I don't have unlimited energy. But I had a boost in energy as I finally arrived at um, Gary's house. So Gary and his wife uh, had some beautiful homemade chili and some Ellensburg beer waiting and uh, cornbread. And, and we chatted in that uh, very smoky valley. <laughs> and Gary was particularly disappointed that, you know, this. So I hadn't met Gary before this past summer. And I'd met him, quote unquote, with uh, being in the live streams. Uh, over the last couple of years, and then he was he's the guy that was sending these beautiful photographs that were labeled with yellow text. And so I quickly realized that he was a resource and a very generous giving resource and a former geology student at the University of Washington. In fact, he had Daryl Cowan as a geology professor back in the 1970s. So to finish the episode, the next morning we got up, air quality still not that great, but we're like, well, what the heck, I'm here. And he said, you sure you want to, Gary said, you sure you want to film? I'm like, oh, well, you know, if we had do a bunch of like hand sample stuff in the foreground, we won't be able to see that the visibility is junk. And I got no problem being out here in this air quality. And he's like, I don't either. So Gary had this kind of itinerary, just he and I, and he just wanted to show me a number of geology spots on the Mountain Loop Highway, which I can't even really describe very well for you, but generally we're in the foothills of the Cascades now. We are east of Interstate 5. If the towns of, oh boy, can I even do it? Oso, Darrington, uh, there's a place called Big Four. That's where we finished. I mean, we're... we're Gosh, what? We're, we're kind of to the northeast of Everett, I guess. I mean, as I was leaving Gary, uh, and I kind of found my way back to Interstate 5 to drive home, I wasn't even sure where I was. I finally had some cell coverage and got on Google Maps. I'm like, oh, shit, man, I'm north. I'm still north of Everett. So it was, it was an interesting pocket of Washington unknown to me, and I've come to realize after posting that video that it's a favorite area of many people. But totally unknown to me. So can I just tack on a few descri descriptions uh, and memories from that video, which again, is the, that's the last video. Is that true? I think that's the last video that I posted from the field with Gary Paul. Boy, I should have looked up what I called that one too. Can't remember. Um, but we were looking at glacial deposits, uh, glacial outwash, 
the big shock to me was that in these drainages near Darrington, Washington, there are massive lahar deposits, volcanic lahar deposits, that started up at Glacier Peak Volcano, and those lahars came to the west down these river valleys from Glacier Peak and crossed I-5 and created much of the Skagit Flats where the, the famous tulip fields are on the other side of I-5, on the west side of I-5. So even something as simple as that, which was not really the topic, uh, the intentional topic, I wanted to look at more exotic terrain stuff with Gary as I was ramping up to start this Baja BC by mid-November. But I was more interested, I think, in those lahars and thinking about volcanic hazards. And as, my, as I have taught for many years, the volcanic hazards of lahars have been so focused on Mount Rainier and Mount St. Helens that I hadn't given more than a passing thought to lahars coming down uh, from Glacier Peak, lahars coming down from Mount Baker, and so I owe a great amount of thanks to Gary Paul and Daryl Cowan for starting to think carefully about northern Washington, northwestern Washington geology, which has really been out of my circle of, of interest uh, for <laughs> 30 years since I've been here. I'm getting more and more interested. So was it just Lahar stuff Gary and I were looking at? No, we eventually landed at Big Four, and there were some staggering outcrops of... Swak Formation, which over there is called Chuckanut Formation. So that's Eocene material. Uh, there's this Western Melange Belt, which continues to confuse me. And maybe someday I'll realize the significance of it. But for now, I've tried three or four times, even with this recent live stream series that comes up. And I, I'm just kind of left with a blank look on my face. I don't understand it. I don't understand the Western Melange Belt, why it's important, how I can plug the Western Melange Belt into anything. Uh, I have little kernels of thoughts here and there. I know Daryl Cowan is very interested in the Western Melange Belt. There are Kosick sandstones and detrital zircons, but boy, what do I do with that thing? doesn't make sense to me at the moment. Maybe it never will. So that was more of like a hiking video, and I can't hold it, I have to say it. Um, as the summer went on, and that was the last of, I don't know how many videos there were, but I was, I was busy between uh, April and that Gary Paul video, which was late October. I don't know how many there were, a few dozen, no, is that true? I don't know, 20 or so videos from the field. At some point, I screwed up the settings on my iPhone, I think. I mean, I've got this iPhone 13 Pro Max, you know, no big deal. Three lenses and everything else. And I don't think the quality looks that good. It, it should be a lot better video-wise. And maybe it's not the phone that's that's capturing it incorrectly. Maybe it's this Final Cut Pro thing that I'm doing. Or... Maybe it's still fine in, in Final Cut Pro, but then when I transfer the files and compress them or whatever, you know, not the Wonder Boy helped me realize I don't need to have these files that are 50 gigs big or something just for, for storage purposes. But I have on occasion gone back to videos I did three years ago where I'm just filming with my iPhone. I think they look way better than what I'm using now 
uh, I think they look way better than some of these late videos that I'm describing in today's episode with the fanciest iPhone I've ever had. So I'm, something, I'm doing something wrong. So I guess I'm telling myself right now, before I start ramping up and doing more field videos this spring, and by the way, I can't wait for spring. I've already got cabin fever. It's not even Christmas time. It's single digits around here. It's dark. Uh, the roads are dicey. Man, I, I just I, I wish I could be outside doing something uh, and, and getting back to filming. Hopefully that'll come sooner than later. But when I do... I need to go back to square one with with iPhone and editing and getting those files uh, of the right size to have the video really pop. I think I'm I think I'm I'm off track on that. So especially with a guy like Backcountry Gary Paul, who specializes in photography and has beautiful photos, um, I've seen that video a few times. I'm like, boy, I don't think I don't think that looks as good as it could. What's going on? How can I change what's going on? And you're like, oh, come on, man. I, I tuned in to hear some geology. I'm not sure I heard much. Well, yeah, maybe that's true. I don't know. Um, it's a combination of things, obviously. And the last thing I'll say is that uh, after this holiday break, and I'm back at it, uh, most of January will still be live broadcasts from the university as opposed to field videos. Um, but there'll be more than the second half of the alphabet for the Baja BC series. There will be a continuation of these Friday noon talks. And that also was a success. So I was trying some very new things in the fall in addition to the teaching with that magical class. And... It was total immersion. Uh, there's no complaints from me. I love to be busy. And between the Talk Fridays and the launch of the Alphabet Series and continuing Geology 101 and mentoring a couple of our young faculty, there's plenty to do, and it's satisfying work. I think that's enough for this episode. Thank you for listening, uh, dear listener. Almost called you dear viewer, but you're a listener. You're not watching a live stream right now, I don't think. And perhaps in the next episode coming not that far down the road, I will give you some detail about why you might want to check in and watch some of the replays from the first half of the alphabet. There's been a lot of good stuff uh, passing through those video live streams uh, since mid-November, but we'll save that one for next time. Thank you, I love you, and goodbye from Ellensburg, Washington, USA.